Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. You know, one of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest reasons why people never reach the place that they want to be is because they never really fully grasp the reality of who they are. They never grasp the reality of their significance. Nudge the other neighbor that you haven't nudged at all yet today and tell them, say, you are significant. You are significant. And that's the, that's the reason why the main target, and we are in the middle of a series. I don't know how much longer this series is going to go on. It'll go on until he says, that's enough. Flip the script, go to something else. But it's the main reason why we have targeted, or the main target of this series is your significance. And I said at the very beginning of this, this series that we, we, we go through life and we're trying to find, we, we search for significance in things, we search for significance in relationships, we search for significance in, in houses and cars and the right job and if I can just meet that person and I can get, find an entryway in and, and maybe that, that, this can happen for me. Let me tell you something, the more and more you try to chase significance in things, you will always come up short and you will always come up empty. Amen? So today is part four of that series. Give me just a little bit more and I'm, I'll back down uh, just because of uh, the throat this morning. But we're in part four of living from significance. I encourage you to get something to write with. I'm actually going to take the first ten minutes. And I want to recap where we've been and w- what we've talked about because I'm actually going to tie the two of where we're headed today. I'm going to tie these together, so don't, don't tune out if you've been here for, for all of these, uh, the, these, these, these the series. Uh, but it's going, to, it's going to get us to a place where we can launch out deeper. So let's go, to our, let's go to our scripture verse this morning, Jeremiah chapter 1. This is our theme verse for this series. Jeremiah chapter 1, if you didn't bring your Bible, it will be provided on the screen for you. And it says this. This is the prophet Jeremiah. He says, the Lord gave me this message. He said, I knew you before. Everybody say before. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now, I'm not going to go in depth into this right here. If you missed any part of the series, I encourage you to go back out and listen to podcasts. But the main takeaway that I want you to get from this verse is this. Before you got here, you already existed. I I need you to wrap your head around that. I don't have time to break that down. But before you got here, before God put you in flesh, before before there was a connection physically between your parents, hello, you already existed, that you already had some type of heavenly existence, and Scripture backs that up. Lots of people get hung up on how they got here. You know, was, was, am I a product of a one-night stand, or, or I came from this broken home, or I was adopted? Or, can I just tell you something? I'm gonna, let me just say this right here, and I'm going to move right on. It doesn't matter how you got here, but it, everything matters to the fact that you are here. Because there is something inside of you that God put in you, a specific assignment, a significance that is unlike anybody else. 
and he needed you to get here to make it happen. He was looking for any kind of way to get you down here to earth. You are significant. You existed before you got here. He said, before I formed you, I set you apart. Meaning, before I put you in a body and gave you flesh, I had already experienced you and made you separate from anybody else. And I appointed you for a work that only you can do. That's called your assignment. So for me, for Bradley Wayne, my purpose and my destiny were planned way before April 28th, 1975. I can't believe I just shared that. I used to be proud. I'm a seven. Y'all know now when you got to fill something out online and you got to put your birthday, I'm scrolling. It used to just be like a couple digits down. I'm scrolling, trying to find 1975. If I'm standing in line with somebody, I'm like embarrassed. Like, you don't, don't be looking at what I'm scrolling right here. 75. See, that right there made me feel so much better. Thank you for that encouragement. I appreciate that. <laughs> he said, how do you think we feel? Hey, hey, we need each other in this walk. But listen, yes, I am. Thank you. And so are you. Listen, my purpose and my destiny were planned beforehand. And, and God has given me a span of time called a lifetime and that I can fulfill my purpose within that time. So what am I saying? Your life and my life has significance. There is something significant that God has for every one of you to do on this earth. All right, let's keep on moving. We covered this. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And let me get that. There it is. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. In the beginning. Everybody say, in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. I'm going to move through this really fast because I don't want you tuning out, but I'm, I'm going to tie it together. It's, you're going to be like, wow, now I see it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So we've got the who, we've got the when, and we've got the where. Now remember, two weeks ago I told you from 1 John 5 that it said there are three in heaven that bear witness, right? They're, they're, they're the Father, the Word... Remember what I told you, Jesus is not his heavenly name. His heavenly name is Word. When he got here, his earthly name was Jesus. So in heaven, it says, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, and these three are one. Okay, now, in the beginning was the Word, and everything came from Word. I told you two weeks ago that, that our, words, our words were never meant to just communicate. Our words, according to Scripture, our words were meant to create. See, the Bible says, the Bible says, thank you, the Bible says that, that in your tongue, everybody go, eh? Not and, eh. Eh? So y'all trying to do proper, y'all was like, eh? The Bible says that your tongue has the power of life in it. You can, you can speak life into your relationship, you can speak life into your kids, or you can speak death into their, into their life. So our words weren't just meant to, to communicate, they were also meant to create. At the very beginning of creation, everything, that and I could go all the way back to Genesis, I don't have time to go back there today, but everything from the very beginning came from word. God spoke it, and it was. God said, let there be light, and there was. Y'all remember that story, right? The same is true for us today. Your life follows the direction of your words. 
For those of you that don't like where your life is right now, if we could rewind the clock. What was that share song? If I could turn back time. If I could roll back time and listen in on your conversation, I guarantee you, you are where you are because you talked yourself into where you are today. It's the power of life that you have. I don't like where I am. Change your talk. Change your vocabulary. First John 1 says that nothing has been made that was made without word. So if it's been made, it came from word. Are we all on the same page? Everybody got, understand the power of a word. Say, yes, I'm there. I know I'm recapping, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it all together. Let's go to John chapter 1. Verse 12, we're just going to skip on down a little bit. Verse 12 and 13 says this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Quit getting hung up on how you got here. Your existence has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with your bloodline or your parents' passion or, or, any, or any longing that they may have had to have kids. It has everything to do with you being born of God. Everybody say, I was born of God. You were created. Yes, your parents had something to do with it. It's clearly I look almost identical other than just a little bit more less weight and a little more stature than my dad. I look just like Dennis Weber. I was in Walmart the other morning after I left the gym. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and somebody was walking down the other. She worked there. She walking down the other side, and she goes, you look just like your dad. I don't know who this lady was, but she said, you look just like your dad, just a little bit taller. So, sure, our parents have something to do with it, but God had everything to do with it. God had everything with, to do with you being here this morning, too, to hear this message. Am I boring you? I'm just, just, checking, just checking a little bit because I'm... I'm yeah, yeah. I know it, it, it I'm, I'm trying to get back into this thing, but your life didn't begin here. What am I saying? You were born of God. You were royalty. You were sons and daughters of the Most High God. He has birthed, he, he has birthed you by his seed. That seed is Jesus. And once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes. This is where we're going. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of you. And Jesus said, greater works will you do. John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is talking about Jesus. And the word became flesh. Now is this sinking in? Y'all remember that verse, and the word became flesh? Emmanuel, God with us. You remember that? The angels announced he shall be, he shall be God with us us you shall call him Emmanuel God with us the word became flesh next verse first John chapter 5 verse 4 for whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith everybody say I am an overcomer <laughs> Let 
It's a little different atmosphere in here today. Can I just hit the pause for just a minute? It's a different atmosphere than it was two weeks ago. But what you don't understand is even before the service began, I had to put the enemy on notice that he will not have an opportunity to disrupt or disturb. I will protect this house. I will protect the families in this house no matter what the cost. I wasn't going to acknowledge it, but I'm, I, when you know, that when you can sense that there is something that's, that's, that, that I'm not getting, I'm not hitting on all cylinders, I need the saints in this house to begin praying because there's other people in this house, including yours, whose life depends on us breaking bread the right way. And when you sense, I wasn't even going to, because I don't want to give the enemy any, any attention, but what you need to know is that I was already warring against the spirits of the unseen world before we ever stepped up on this platform. Somebody said, what's going on? Tried to come in the house to disrupt you and distract you, and I refuse. So I need you to lean in hard with me right now. I need you to lean in with me, okay? Somebody said, what kind of church am I a part of? The kind that will go to war on your behalf because your soul means everything to this pastor and to this leadership team. People are like, I don't know if I want to be in ministry. I'll go ahead and tell you, it ain't for everybody. <laughs> it said, not born of flesh, not born of blood, nor born of the will of man, but of God. That which is born of God, it's what it said, that which is born of God overcomes the world. Say it again. Say, I am an overcomer. Now, that word is that 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 word uh, overcome. It, it's it's not referring to what's happening around you. It's referring to what's happening on the inside of you. First John two fifteen says, "These three are in the world: the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life." I'm not fighting things around me. I'm fighting against the things that are in me: the lust of my eye, the lust of my flesh, and the pride of life. Hear me. The thing in you, if it's not conquered, will create the mess around you. For the Bible says, for out of the heart flows the issues of life. Anybody got issues in your life? Remember what I already told you? Most of the time, the issues that are created around us, we created with our Somebody said, but I didn't create. No, but did you do anything? Because you can't complain about something that you're permissing. That you're allowing to happen. See, you have the power of life and death. You also have the power uh, to, to, to kill a thing that actually doesn't need to be a thing. Drama. Instead of, instead of getting into it, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I will stop that thing from happening. You're not going to have any place in this house today. You speak that thing into existence. Your heart creates... Your issues, not the devil. You see people all the time. I don't know, I don't know how I got here or, 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 or this, this is just a mess. I bind the devil in Jesus' name. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's not the devil that you need to bind. You need to look in the mirror and bind that thing. <laughs> we give the devil way too much power. 
It said the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These three are in the world. And the Bible also says that those three will fade. It said, for he who is born of God will overcome the world. These are the world. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So, when you were born of God, you were given the power to overcome. I recapped all of that to bring us to this point right here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is where we're going to connect the dots. From where we've been to what he wants you to know today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, in Christ Okay, we were, we were created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. It didn't say that we would walk in. It said that we should walk. You should. But how many knows that it's not up to God for you to follow the path for your life? It's up to us. You should. It didn't say that you would. You have a free will. You have an opportunity to go, nah, don't like it that way. I'm going to do it this way. I'm, God, you're too slow on helping us build this church for you, so we're going to step out and do it ourselves. It said we were created in Christ. It's important for me to stop right here and tell you that Christ is not Jesus' last name. Somebody like, wait, funny, huh? What? No. It's like saying Bradley is my pastor. See, Christ describes his function. Like, pastor is not my last name. But pastor describes my function to you and for you. It describes our relationship. I'm your pastor. So he is Jesus who functions as the Christ. What's the word Christ mean? Anybody know? The word Christ means anointing. Follow me. This is, this is teaching. This is why this is a little different. The anointing is descriptive of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. When people say that was an anointed worship or that was an anointed word, Pastor, what they were, what they were, what they were co connecting with was the Holy Spirit inside me. It had nothing to do with the talent or lack thereof. It had nothing to do with the way I communicated the word. What they're identifying is there is the anointing on your life. They're saying the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of you. So why are we talking about the anointing? We need to talk about the anointing because if you don't have the anointing, Your life, you think it's rough, it can get rougher. And today we're going to tap in. This is why the church has to get back to talking about the Holy Spirit and stop being content with just bringing people to the cross. Because the cross is not a landing spot. The cross is an entry point. Jesus described himself as what? The door. It's a place, a door is a place of entry. And there is a kingdom life for you, but you have to walk through Jesus, the door, to obtain it. 
Yes, Jesus is the initial experience. Why? Because the goal of Jesus was that you would be filled with the same spirit that he was filled with. I'm telling you, if I know I'm throwing out a lot of information, but if you will wrap your head around, it will completely change the way that you look at your life. It will change the way you wake up every day and approach your life. It will change the way you look at the news when you turn it on and you see everything that's going on. It will change the way you, you do life. Y'all know the story after Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. He came up out of the water, and the Bible says that the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. The next words out of Jesus' mouth was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. For 30 years, we never heard anything about anointing. And then Jesus showed up and said, Now I'm anointed. After what? The Holy Spirit came down. Thank you. The whole purpose of Jesus was, yes, to remove sin. That was the cross. To baptize you in water so that the Holy Spirit could come. See, we were meant to wake up every, every day full of the Spirit of God. Walking in the Spirit, talking, the Spirit talking to you, the Spirit giving you insight, the Spirit giving you discernment, the Spirit giving you uh, words of wisdom, and all of these things can be yours. And when the church refuses to talk about the Holy Spirit, we deprive the, you of this entire adventure and journey. If all we do is say, come to the cross, get saved, washed away, oh, your sins are washed away, and now let's just wait on his return. There's more people in this world who have not had the same knowledge or experience with God that you have. So guess what our, our response and our responsibility is? To share Jesus with people. Not in a kooky, freaky Halloween, October. Not in a weird way. Jesus was not weird. The Holy Spirit is the only one who truly knows your assignment, your significance. Thank God for motivational speakers. But Tony Robbins does not know my, my assignment, nor does he know the significance of my life. Only the Holy Spirit does. So if you don't know your significance, that is telling me that there is a, a, a depletion of the anointing or the Holy Spirit in your life. And it's not a one-time it's not a one-time drink. I got to get to the living water every single day. See, I said it before and I'll say it again. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm in the exact place at the exact time of where I'm supposed to be right now. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm supposed to be and I'm called to be your pastor. I know that. I know that I'm supposed to be here at this exact moment. Why? Because the Holy Spirit confirmed it and told me. Not because I went and paid some motivational speaker to tell me I need to be doing this. 
Does that mean that I wake up every day and everything's hunky-dory in my life? Does that mean every day I wake up and I've got the joy of the Lord and, and, and the joy of the Lord is my strength and everything's just lovely and I look out and it may be raining, but when I walk out, the sun just follows me? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying because I have the Holy Spirit and I just said it. I look at my life and the things that are happening around me, I look at them differently. I, connect, I, I, I respond to them differently. Bottom line, you need the anointing of God on your life. It's more than just, Jesus, save me. Now he wants, to, he wants to bring you into something, an adventure and a journey unlike anything you've ever experienced in your life. And let me say this, just because, just because you understand your significance doesn't mean that it will no longer be attacked. I already shared with you that growing up, my significance and, 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 and uh, not understanding who I was and, and, and uh, I can't even think of the right words, but belittled as a child, not from my parents, but from people in my community and people in my school and make me feel like I wasn't worth anything. All of that stuff was meant to, 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 to try to destroy my understanding of my significance. And now that I'm a pastor and everything, I mean, we, I mean, I mean, look what we're doing, and God's moving in this house, and we're getting ready to build a church. You would think that, well, he, he, everything's great. It is great, but that doesn't mean that the enemy still doesn't come and try to discredit my significance. Because if I, if I lose the understanding of my significance and I throw it out the window, guess what? The enemy wins. I'm using myself as an example, but I'm hoping that you're connecting and going, I need to get this. I need to be just like Pastor Bigger. Show me my significance. Help me to understand so that I can look at my situations and I can look at my circumstances and I can respond to them in the way God, you would want me to respond, not the way my flesh wants to respond sometimes. <laughs> See, it's the Holy Spirit that empowers me to keep going. It was the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that sustained this ministry when COVID hit. We shut the door of this place for three and a half months. Some of y'all remember? And we let 12 of our leaders in here to help run sound. And, and we did worship. And we had a, somebody running a camera. And that was it for three and a half months. I had just transitioned the ministry with my dad, who was the lead pastor for over 30 years of this church. And in January of 2020, we changed. We swapped positions. And then COVID hit. And it was the Holy Spirit that kept me sane. I've never been a pastor before. Nobody had ever experienced a pandemic like this before. Can I just tell you the crazy mess that was going on in my head? I called my dad, 493-9363. Dad, are you sure that the timing was right on this thing? Are you sure you don't want to come back? He gave me counsel and godly wisdom on how to handle this thing. And then after three and a half months, we opened it back up. It was the Holy Spirit that empowered us to keep on going. We never missed a bill, never missed a light payment or a mortgage payment. It was the Lord. In the middle of the summer, my stepmom, y'all know, she was diagnosed with a very aggressive bladder cancer. A few months later, and in the church, we engage, we're believing and praying for her healing, which, by the way, she did receive. It just wasn't the way we wanted. We watched, we watched the one person 
who was the, the core of our family that held everything together, stripped away from us. It was the Holy Spirit that, kept, that, that allowed my dad to stand in Franklin, North Carolina and conduct her, his, the, the funeral for his own wife. And then three weeks later, coming up on October 20th, which will be this Friday, was the day that I got the phone call while I was at the gym from a co-worker of dad's. I said, hey, have you heard from your dad? He's not, he's not showed up to work yet. And I drove to the house and I found my dad gone, dead, on the floor. And it was the Holy Spirit that continued. I could have called Adam and said, I need six months off. I was out for three weeks. Why are you bringing all this up? Sure, I know the anniversary of his death and, and hurt and everything. I know it's all close. That's not why I'm doing it. I can only use my story to tell you that even when everything I had ever known was ripped from my life, it was my faith and my trust. I trust in God. I can't even sing. My Savior, the one who has never, ever failed. It was the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of God and the anointing that he placed on my life to continue in the faith. I'm not trying to pull on your emotions. I'm in a great place, but I want you to know that no matter what, the enemy allows us to go, God allows us to go through things, and the enemy uses those things to try to get us off track. It had been very easy for me to go, Paul, Janelle, leadership team, Adam, Sarah, you guys, hey, it was a great six months run, but I can't do this. No. I, I, I knew what I was called to do. And it was the Holy Spirit that I didn't push away that, uh, that gave me the confidence to continue to move forward. Why? Because God knew that you were going to be here today and you needed to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this message today. Somebody shout out, live on purpose. Colossians chapter 1. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm, I'm going I'm to wind this, wind this up and tag team with Adam. He's going to come bless you. Colossians 1, 26 and 27 says this. Oh, this, y'all, y'all lean into this. This is where it's at right here. And I don't typically like to start a verse in the middle because pastors can use and pluck out verses and use it without giving you the content. But for lack of time, I'm, you, you can go and look at it, but watch this. It says, the mystery which has been hidden. Everybody say hidden. The mystery which has been hidden from the from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Everybody say it's a mystery. Okay. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, this is going to sound familiar, but I'm going to tell you again. Adam was made in the image and glory of his God. This is sound teaching right here. Adam was made in the image and glory of his God. The earth 
is a physical expression of heaven. Adam, because he was made in the image of God, basically when God made Adam, he was looking at himself. Watch this now. Adam was a physical expression of God. He was created in the image of God. See, the first place on earth, you know it, the Garden of Eden, which signifies or means paradise or heaven. Now we know that, that God created the Word. We've already established that. Adam was crowned with God's glory, which means God told Adam, name all the animals, and whatever you call it, that's what it is. Well, that's how God operated. He spoke it, and it happened. Do you see what's happening here? Adam was created in the image of God. He wasn't God, but he was created in his image, and he was given the opportunity to function as God. Hold on now. In other words, Adam would speak to the earth, and God would back him up. You want that to be a giraffe? It is so. So Adam would call it something, and heaven would be get behind whatever he said. But Adam sinned. Skip 4,000 years to Romans 3, 23, and it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of what? God's glory. Okay. So now, when man speaks, the earth no longer responds. But that's not how it was intended. Another, another scripture describes it this way, that the earth, the, earth uh, uh, the Bible tells us that the earth is in, in the pains like childbirth that a mother would experience. That's what the earth is feeling right now. You look at what's going on around the world. The earth, is, another, another translation says, it's groaning. It, this is what the Bible says. I don't have time to go there. It says that the earth is waiting on the revealing of the sons of God. It didn't say that the earth was waiting on the second coming of, of Jesus. It said it's waiting on a people in the earth that are sons of God. Who are the sons of God? This is, this is what the Bible says. Who are the sons of God? Those who are led by the Spirit. Watch this. So what's the earth waiting on? The earth is waiting on a people who are full of the Spirit. They're not waiting on Democrats. They're not waiting on Republicans. They're not waiting on a specific political party to, make, to correct this thing. The only thing that's going to get us out of the mess that we have created is God. We need the people of God to get us out of the mess we're in. Okay, give me five more minutes. Y'all good? Okay. So Adam sinned. Adam is known as the federal head, which means when Adam sinned, all sinned. And I've told you this before. If Adam screwed things up, it was going to take another Adam to fix what the first Adam messed up. So Jesus is called what? The second Adam. Second and final Adam. And what do we do? And we beheld the glory. Everybody say glory. The word became, the word, 
that's Jesus here, but the word became flesh and we beheld the glory. What does that mean? Jesus went around and he started talking. Jesus didn't lay hands on, no, no, no. He said, he said, Lazarus with what? His word. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't walk in that tomb and put his hands on. He stepped outside. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And here comes that carcass. With his words, he told the storm to see. He told the waves that were, he, he spoke to the waves, stop. To the wind that was blowing, he said, stop blowing. With his words. Hold on now. He would break fevers with his words. He would look at, he looked at a fig tree and he said, nobody else will ever eat from you again. With his words. So, so what, are we, what are we looking at? The glory. That's, that was the whole intent. Finally, we're seeing what glory was supposed to look like. That's exactly what Adam started. That's called glory. When he was speaking, that's called the glory. Adam messed it up. This was the way that it was originally intended. That's why I said when you wrap your head around this, I know this is some deep stuff, but when it will cause you to look at your life and how you're supposed to be living your life and how we're supposed to be controlling our tongue, we'll look at it much differently when we understand how it was originally supposed to be. All this mess, that we're, we're, it wasn't supposed to be like this. In closing, just bring that music, so I've I'll, 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 I got to wrap this up. Okay. It said Christ in you. Remember, everybody say mystery. Mystery. Remember, this is a mystery. That's why some of this is like going, whoosh, and some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, this is just too much. Listen, it's a mystery, but watch this. It said Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is a mystery. How can mankind once again look like their creator that's what that's what adam that's what adam was intended to do he was supposed he was in the image adam from in the garden i know i was looking at him that's what this thing was supposed to look like how can we once again look like our creator it's a, it's been a mystery we just read it it's been a mystery for generations it says, but now revealed Christ, the anointing, living in you, the hope of glory. What's it saying? It's saying that you can speak and it will happen. Ansley Grace and Connor and, 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 and a few others were, were down in Orlando last night till late. And mom and dad went on to, I know she's almost 21, but hey. And I walked through the house shutting off lights. And I said, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that whatever time they get up on out of there, that you, your angels are going to be encamped around about that car. Father, you're going to protect them all the way in. All, and there'll be no harm coming. What is that? I am speaking the word. 
this is how it was originally intended to be. When we leave and go on vacation, what do I do, Grace? As we're pulling out of the driveway, what am I doing? Father, I thank you that there are angels encamped around about the four corners of our property. There'll be no harm, no, no theft, no, no fire. Father, protect everything. What am I doing? I am calling things. I am speaking. We're, we're, we're in talks with, with about the, the, the finances and what it's going to take for the building. We're, you know, we're, we're trying to, like, do we shave down the size of the building so that it can be something we can afford? Even when we're shaving it down, it's about a $4 million building, y'all. Can I just shoot a number to you? That's like an eleven dollars or $12,000 a month mortgage. Watch this. I'm not trying to scare you. I probably shouldn't even throw that number out because some of y'all are like, whoa. Let's just put up a tent and throw some units in there and we'll just, we'll show up on our tractors and hold on now. And I even told Adam this. I was like, this is where our numbers financially, and we're, we're great, y'all. But in order to, to break that off and do that, there's a number. I'm not going to give it. There's a number that, that I said, Adam, we got to hit this number. And I left it at that. And I didn't even talk to this. But as I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit said, you need to start speaking that number. So what I've been doing all week, God, I thank you that every week, this is, the, we're going to meet, if it, if it takes a few, whatever, God, this is, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I'm not trying to, to tug at your wallet. I'm not, that, that's not the kind of pastor I am. I'm, what I'm trying to do is tug at your faith and tell you when there's something you're believing God for and you know that he's called you to do it, what are you willing to speak to say, God, let it be so? I mean, we've been sitting on that property for almost two years. Get letters all the time from people. We want to buy your property. No, you don't. You can't afford it. <laughs> Talking about wanting to give us less than we pay. Please. We paid cash for that money, for that land, that land. God did that. You did that. God did it. So I'm not worried. But I'm but I'm changing. I'm speaking the word. I want to function and operate in the glory of God. What is that? Christ the anointing living in me. For what? That, that I would once again resemble and look like the one who created me. That's what living with significance looks like. That's what living from significance is all about. I know that I'm done, but I, I know, I understand this is a little different than normal Pastor B. But if you want something different, you got to do something you've never done. If you want to experience the newness of God, you got to be willing to let him do something new in you. Yeah, yeah. High five, buddy. He spoke it. He spoke it. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you're ready for him to do something new in you, stand to your feet all over this room. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.